You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Roger coming to you on the 15th of January. We are a day late and as I said on Twitter, this time it is my fault. It's not Vince's fault. How are you doing, buddy? Out of habit, I actually almost started the intro. (laughs) I caught myself at the last second. (laughs) Good, because I didn't have you muted, so I'm going to come through. (laughs) I figured mute was my default setting. No, typically yes, but I've been having freaking problems with the... I've been rearranging a whole bunch of stuff on the mixing board so that I can record on my, my system. But, you know... You remember when we first started Fourth Floor? It was like, stop touching the buttons. You're going to screw something up. It's that kind of thing because there's a couple of things that I changed that I'm not quite certain what it is, but it's acting a little differently. And for some reason now, the actual mute button for each channel doesn't appear to be working. So I actually have to put you the slider all the way down. Oh yeah, all I have to do is move a slider to shut you up. <laughs> Trust me, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> Try me. It's just that we do the mixing of the volumes beforehand to get it just right. So I don't want to move or move it around too much if I don't have to. But it's working. We're recording. That's all that really matters. There's squiggly lines. I'm keeping my eye on that. That's the prize. And we're putting a far, far too much effort into this <laughs> some days. as compared to some of the other podcasts I've listened to over the years. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's <laughs> – I can't put out crap. I did that initially. I'm not going back to that. <laughs> so we've got a very interesting episode this week. And again, because I don't get to host every single episode, I try to put a little bit more thought no, – well, okay, <laughs> not necessarily thought, but I try to be a little bit unique sometimes in, in – what stories that I want to talk about. And sometimes it's stuff that I remember reading way back in the day and, and other things like that. And that's what this was. It actually has a, a good tie-in for what's been happening as of late in actual Marvel canon. But it goes way back to right around the period when I stopped reading comic books as a teenager. Back in 86, they decided that Marvel, of course, in honor of their 25th anniversary, that they were, they were going to do something big. And they tossed around uh, a couple of different ideas, one of them being actually to pretty much reboot every single series going on at the time. Who into would do their, that? Yeah, well, yeah, really. <laughs> Who would do it successfully idea. and sell thousands? Anyways, they kind of said, no, we can't do that. It would be... It would screw up way too much of what we've got going on. So they decided that they would create a new universe. Basically a sandbox for them to start from scratch, leaving the existing existing canon as it is. Now, if this sounds anything like the Ultimates universe, basically this is what prompted them to then eventually go with the Ultimates universe. This was before that, and it was essentially the same kind of thing. Only that when they spoke of it initially, 
it was supposed to be the quote unquote, the world outside your window. There weren't supposed to be any aliens, no hidden races, no gods, mythological beings, magic, super technology, none of that. They were going to be introducing some of that, but very small amounts of that kind of controlling it and how it was going to be playing out in the, that new universe canon. What wound up happening, however, <laughs> is that of the series that they introduced, damn near all of them had some element of Whoops. aliens, superpowered beings, all kinds of stuff like that. And I remember when this first came out, I, again, I was at the tail end of my collecting phase and just about ready to stop. And the press around this was huge. Everybody was talking about it. And so this was something that we as readers were very much looking forward to. This was going to be insanely cool because again, we were hearing about it before it originally, before it actually came out there, Again, the concept behind it was something that we could really, we could get interested in and we could really look forward to. And it wasn't until after it had come out and we read them that we kind of realized they, they missed the, the target by quite a bit. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, the series as they started was the DP7 Justice Kickers Inc., Mark Hazard Merc, Night Mask, Cyforce, Spitfire and the er, Troubleshooters, and Starbrand. Starbrand being the most important of those series. The one the also flagship, yeah, if you will. Yeah. Also written by Jim Shooter, who happened to be the editor in chief at the time. And he was the one that was in charge of the new universe after it was handed to him because initially DeFalco was supposed to be handling it and that didn't go over so well. So they gave it to Shooter. <laughs> Granted, it was, they had no money to work with either when this was happening because Marvel's parent company threatened to basically sell them off. So they decided that when they were going to be working on this Marvel, uh, new universe, that they had to really clamp down on how much they were paying. So that's why a lot of the series were written by either editors or from new creator, creators that really hadn't been tested yet. And you could tell when you read some of this as well, it does not come off professionally. Even the stuff from the editors that you, I mean, they're editors, not writers. And sometimes there's a reason well, for that. Grunwald and Shooter were both actually very prolific writers in addition to their editing careers. Yeah. But I mean, even Shooter, who was the editor in chief, I'm sorry, but the <laughs> There were a lot of things with Starbrand, and not just from the guest writers or either or from Byrne later on, that, wow, it, it was just, it had some issues. And and that was the best of them, considered the best of the, those series. And again, I, remember, I remember reading it thinking, yeah, at the time that this was pretty good. But man, when you reread it now, oh. Like, like a lot of the 80s stuff. Yes, it doesn't yeah. I, I just find it amazing, though, that. Marvel wasn't doing well financially at the time when, you know, the X-Men were not quite at the height of their popularity yet. I mean, that Close. wasn't until the early 90s, but clearly doing very well. I mean, you had Frank Miller's Deadpool out there, Deadpool, goodness, Daredevil out there. I mean, Spider-Man was, I, there was a lot of great comics coming out of Marvel during this time frame, and yet they almost got sold. Yeah. <laughs> Come and on. I'm, I'm, I don't have all the details for that. I'd like to one day pick up that um, 
Yeah, that the Marvel. I, it's been on my to-read list for quite a while now, and I'm yeah. eventually going to get around to it. Because I'd like to see some of this. If it was just that they threatened to sell them off because they didn't agree with this concept, or just that basically they weren't making enough. Because what happened is that, the, I mean, the new universe did not last very long. Four of those new series got canned inside of a year, and then the other ones were not far behind. The whole thing ended in 89. And um, and they they did say, however, that even the four that remained for a little while afterwards, they actually weren't selling all that bad. It's just they decided to do away with the new universe. And then when you look at how they kind of, they played with the canon of the new universe after, <laughs> oh my God, we'll get into it later. It was, I, I was, <laughs> cause I didn't remember all of this. So I reread a bunch of these, not all of course. And then I was looking into the, the, the history of, everything that had happened and I'd forgotten some of how it came to end and all that. And here I am reading this thing and man, you just can't make this kind of stuff up. And then I'm thinking, <laughs> actually you can, <laughs> they did. And it shows, it was like, Oh my God, that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, I obviously didn't read any of these at the time. I mean, I was at the tail end of, you know, the, the, the new universe. I was just getting into comics and even then, like I said, it was X-Men, Thor, Teen Titans, stuff like that. And then even then, like, I had never even heard of it until uh, Warren Ellis did the New Universal miniseries. Yeah. But even then, I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's, a, it's based on something I never read before, so I'll just ignore it for now. Although, in retrospect, I wish I hadn't ignored it at the time, but we'll come back to that. Well, yes and no. In all honesty, again, I'm, I'm glad that I can that, – that I read it way back then and, you know, I had some fond memories of some of it. But – Oh, no, I, I was speaking specifically of the, of the new universal, universal yeah. Not, yeah. not the entire new universe Yeah, concept. because the u- new I'm, universe I'm, I'm glad I didn't read this when I was yeah. seven years old. <laughs> I got to tell you, even now, like we, when we talk about the stuff that we're reading now kind of stuff and, and for each episode, often we will say, you know, read it, give it a shot, see whether or not it's something that you like. I honestly, I honestly cannot in good conscience <laughs> recommend it any of the stuff from this. I mean, Starbrand again was the flagship series. It was claimed to be the best of them as well. And my memory of that time was that, yes, it was the best, but again, in reading it again, now there's so many things about it that stick out that kind of just irk me a little bit or that really just don't work. And then the way that they completely butchered and messed around with the canon to try to fix it into the regular Marvel canon and, and all of this stuff. And, and <sighs> I can't tell anybody to read this. I, 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 no, no, not this stuff. So we're not going to touch on any of the other series, but actually for, it, I'd like to make a couple shoot, observations. Go. Uh, DP seven. I actually liked a lot of aspects of that, like the, the, the core concept of what they were working with there. I mean, I feel it was one of the, the few series that really stayed true to the concept of the entire new universe of you know, keeping power levels low. Because most of the, the, the seven characters here, I mean, they, they, they weren't X-Men exactly. I mean, yeah, the X-Men are a fantastic team, but 
just about each and every one of them on their own was pretty formidable. Whereas each of the DP7, well, they're individually, still- their powers rather sucked. <laughs> yeah, but they're all still paranormals. Again, yes. this is like initially well, it was a, they're not supposed to have powers. And then later on it's, well, you know, what was it? Two out of every million person on the planet. That's still quite a few people <laughs> that are going to mm-hmm. have powers. Yeah, but I'm saying like it, it was like the, the actual dynamic within the team of how they all really kind of relied on each other both personally and as far as, you know, just surviving with all the the, uh, the threats that came their way. Right. I, it it quickly devolved into absolute disaster. But I, I said I, the core concept, I was actually really I, – I, I don't want to say I was enjoying it, but it held my interest longer <laughs> than any of the others that I read. <laughs> all right. Which other ones did you read? Uh, I kind of poked my nose into a couple of them and I was like, Justice – with the whole alien night thing, I was like, no, pass. Yeah. Although reading the, how they later retconned it, that, that was pretty funny. Kicker's Inc., I didn't make it. No, you, you're not, you're not going to make me read a comic about superpowered Power, football, football players. players. <laughs> Mark Hazard, Night Mask, neither one of those. Same as Spitfire, didn't really appeal to me. Cyforce, I didn't really like it. I mean, it had an awful lot of that Captain Planet feel to it. Although, uh, as we, I was researching for this episode, finding out like a lot of the stuff that they did during the last uh, year and a half of the run, once Fabian Nicieza took over writing full time, I don't want to say I'd want to go back and read it, but it, it does seem like it, it actually was a reasonably solid comic just due to the fact that they actually had a writer yeah. <laughs> instead of just whoever was available that week. Yeah. Spitfire actually wasn't that bad at the time. Um I do remember reading when I was – because I had bought them all and was collecting them all for a little while. And I mean again, when you're you're young and you don't have a ton of money, you're kind of knocking off the ones you can't afford pretty damn fast. And this wasn't the days of the internet when you could get anything you want to get your hands on kind of thing. You, if you didn't buy it, you never got to read it. And yeah, but they were what, a nickel? <laughs> Nice try, buddy. <laughs> um, but I did keep going with Spitfire for a little while. I didn't. Hmm. I didn't mind it. Again, I was sixteen, you know. So this is sixteen, seventeen. So this is a long time ago. In retrospect, you know, there's 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 problems with it. But at the time, especially in comparison to the other stuff, that's a big one right there. Um, in comparison to the uh, the rest of the new universe stuff, it, it was worth keeping up with. So, um, okay, so let's jump into Starbrand. Now, if you have been keeping up with what has been going now with the Marvel Now stuff, you would remember Starbrand. Now, Starbrand is in there, but they kind of, again, played loosey-goosey with the canon, and they've done that since Starbrand ended. So we'll, we'll actually start with what Starbrand was and then progress to what it is now. What happened was that, and then this is again back in 86 now, you had what they called the white event. And basically the earth was basked in this white light. And that's what prompted a whole whack load of paranormals and mutations and different things like that in this universe that's not supposed to have any. You find out later on that what it was was that there was this person who had, and they referred to him for the longest time as just the old man. And he had the star brand. The star brand is just a fancy little tattoo, okay, kind of thing. But it has enormous power. 
and it was draining him and he was kind of had had enough and he well not draining he was it kept building or whatever he needed to get rid of some of the power and so he put some of the power of the star brand into an inanimate object hoping that it would just kind of stay there and be all right and he put it in a an asteroid and it wound up just blowing up and creating this white event that screwed with a whole bunch of people again don't try to analyze it too much Nothing but headaches lie that way. <laughs> Just accept it, let it go, move on. So this old man decides that he needs to get rid of it entirely. So he heads down to Earth and he finds a tall dude. They make a point of saying that over and over again. Tall, handsome dude, young dude named um, Ken Connell. Now, this one again was written by Shooter. And it has been said time and time again, plus he even wrote about it in the letters at the end, how a lot of this is, this character is based on him, you know, tall, what, six, five, six, six guy and different things like that. He actually dressed like that. Oh, that's not the worst of it. (laughs) Ken is basically just this womanizing guy as well, who has the maturity of a 13 year old. Most of the time who is completely insecure in who he is and needs constant, praise from everybody around him that he's the he's too smart for just cleaning cars and stuff like that and i'm thinking really this is what you want to base this is what you want to put out there as an example of who you are because <laughs> the character is insanely shallow and part of that is what really kind of got on my nerves after a while and i mean this is green lantern from the alien bestowing this power that has no limits except for your willpower and origin uh, and imagination onto somebody who's just a womanizing jerk kind of thing. The even the original title for the series was willpower. <laughs> it, was as if it was a less mature version of Guy Gardner. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Yes. Yeah. The original title for the series was willpower. It's it's so. Obviously, a Green Lantern ripoff. It's unbelievable. Except the character of Ken, Ken is even less likable, even than Guy Gardner at times. And that's saying a lot. He just, he, he irks me. He gets on my nerves. It's, it's like dealing with an emo teenager at points. You just want to slap him upside the head and say, get over it, buddy. Yeah. Having no uh, prior experience with the character coming in i i actually had a hard time reading like i i heavily skimmed the majority of what i did read it was just i couldn't get into it at all yeah well it's not just that it's one thing to have this character who is all of these things that i just said but it's another thing for this editor slash writer to be so full of himself that in the comic he makes women continually throw themselves at him. <laughs> so this guy's got this, this mother, I was, was going to use a derogatory term there that we shouldn't use in a clean podcast. <laughs> it's an acronym, um, throwing herself at him, her babysitter, who is this young teenage girl throwing herself at him. He's got this, this, friend that he's had forever who's just a damn it I keep wanting (laughs) a bleep buddy Um, and the relationship between those two this this woman 
is clearly unintelligent and just throws herself at him to the point where when he tries to break it off, she's throwing herself at him saying, just, I don't care if you're married, still come to me and every once in a while for her affair kind of thing. It was again, so demeaning and stupid. And it's, and the whole duck quack thing that they did all the freaking time was so annoying between those two. It, it, uh, so, so yeah, so it's not just that he's this jerk who thinks so highly of himself. No, no, the writer has to make it so that all the girls are also throwing themselves at him. And I was like, oh, come on, buddy. Seriously, are you really that immature and insecure? <laughs> so, anyways, Kenton gets given the star brand. And the star brand, again, is one of those things where you, it's, it's limitless in terms of its power, but you need the imagination to be able to do whatever it is that you want it to do. So the, the old man keeps coming back into the fold periodically throughout the issues because at, at one point, and this is where the writing got stupid too. It was like the, he's saying, I couldn't take it from you even if I wanted it back. And later he's trying to get it back. And then there's a fight with him later on where he's following him all over the freaking planet and leaving notes for him in concrete. And I was like, oh, God. As a villain, you, you're kind of missing the mark here. There's no, there's no clear goal. Everything's all over the place. And then you have to toss on top of this that, like, every second issue, sometimes one issue after another, they're doing full-page recaps. Of what's happened so far. <laughs> and I mean, when I'm saying full page, sometimes there are more than one page. This is issue six, and there's a three-page recap of everything that's happened so far. Listen, there's a very complex backstory that they need to make sure is in place. It, it, oh, tell me that that didn't get on your nerves. I know you were skimming, but you must have noticed that as well. Didn't get on my nerves. Yeah, you were skimming too fast. It's, it's ridiculous because it's like this stuff just happen guys and you're giving us like one two three page recaps you got that stupid buddy of his who's this shrink asking tell me one more time and i'm like no you've heard it i know you work by the hour buddy and, and you're on the clock here but you've heard this enough we all know the history here and it's not going to make any more sense now that you're explaining it for the 47th time so anyways I'm just kind of curious with all the how much of that at least later on was a was a, um was a requirement because of the changeover with the writers so frequently. <laughs> but this is before you know, that. You, you hand the comic to some guy who hasn't no idea what it is. He needs those recap pages yeah, for really. himself. Cuz man, it was it was happening even when it was still shooter working on it and I was like, "Stop. Man, really are you that desperate for filler material you can't stretch your stories out enough that you need to include two to three page recaps as well just to fill your pages it was it was terrible i mean at the point john ramita was drawing it basically for free yeah. so he probably was worked around with the art he actually was able to get so so anyway so basically for for a great many issues far too many 
Ken doesn't know what to do with this, doesn't know if he should go public, if he should try to be a quote-unquote superhero, doesn't know anything. Mopes around, feels like he, you know, there's too much responsibility, and there's a lot of nothing going around for too many issues. Until finally, his buddy again, the shrink, tells him, take this weight Go behind the freaking moon and put some of the power in it and see what's going to happen. Well, Ken, being the genius that he is, decides that he's going to stop at the 10-mile mark and puts in the power. A certain amount. I think it was like 90%. So, and this basically created what they then refer to as the black event. And he basically nuked Pittsburgh. To the point of creating a crater 15 miles deep full of toxic sludge. And property value went up. Uh, on the outlining edges. Um, and they had like been torn. My family's from Pittsburgh. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was, again, by this point, Shooter had been fired from Marvel. So he was gone. And John Byrne had been kind of roped into working on the series here and he and who was it there was him grunwald and a couple of others um howard mackey decided that they were going to revamp the new universe because it wasn't doing well and they needed a big bold event and they decided that they were going to basically nuke pittsburgh and that was going to be it and then you wound up got getting a one shot called the pit because that's what they started referring to cleverly as uh pittsburgh that because there was nothing there and uh, the in a lot of the different issues with uh, the new universe they they did a lot of kind of crossover things so you'd get different characters from different series in it for the new universe stuff so in the pit you see very little of Ken Connell because it's it's thought that he basically just evaporated in in the blast. You kind of see a, a hint of that, but you see a whole bunch of people, most notably uh, Spitfire in in that series, and the the Ghost Dude as well. Um, but I mean, again, this this the Pit was supposed to be this fantastic series. This like or it's not series, but one shot that was really impactful for what was going on in this this other universe and it was like and even at the time it was like meh it was a boring issue let's just be very clear about that everything that happens in there even though it's trying to be impactful boring as crap and apparently volkswagen beetles completely airtight you can drop those suckers with a full family in sludge airtight meanwhile spitfire this technological wonder <laughs> freaking gets a leak <laughs> i was like wow <laughs> did you actually read the pit no i i you didn't I, get that far i had pretty much checked out at that point <laughs> i don't blame you i honestly i don't blame you um but yeah and then from there's when it kind of got went even further downhill because at this point now they've decided also that basically ken connell is going to become a secondary character not nearly as important and that they were just going to be talking about the quote unquote, the star brand and, and the effect on that world, that world, that earth and stuff like that. Um, also 
while he still had the star brand, Ken and, and again, Duck is what they call her all the time, had been banging all the time. So she got pregnant. And when she gave birth to the child, the child actually was fully conscious of its abilities and power and all that and killed her during birth. And then there was a whole bunch of stuff with him. And then the retreats to meditate, <laughs> retreats to meditate on what the star brand is and, and comes up with this theory that it created itself due to a quote unquote, I'm quoting here, the time paradox that <laughs> proves that he and he being, they named him, it's a star child. Because <laughs> this was the 80s, not the 60s. The star child, Ken and the old man are actually the same person. And all three of them are kind of the ones creating this. <sighs> I, seriously, this is the point where I'm like, they can't make this stuff. Oh, actually, they did. Wow. <sighs> so Starbrand strips some of the power kind of stuff and locks all three of them in a loop of time. And a fraction of the power though had been given to a pilot, um, Jim Hanrahan, whatever. I can't even pronounce it. This is only important because later in the actual Marvel canon, Starbrand appears in Quasar. And this is because Quasar somehow managed to get into the new universe. I didn't read that crap and I'm not about to for this. Got into the trap. Don't you remember how awesome Infinity Gauntlet was? In the new universe. So he convinces this Hanrahan guy to give him the star brand so that he can get back. So he does. He uses it to get back into the actual Marvel canon. He figures it's all used up, the power in the star brand, and accidentally transfers the remainder onto his secretary's neck. Seriously, folks. <laughs> this is what happened, okay? From there, she eventually gives the power to the, quote-unquote, the stranger. This is where it gets even better. Now, this dude, the stranger. I love how ridiculous oh the cosmic stuff in the 90s was. <laughs> this like you could tell where they just ran out of ideas and just they got high <laughs> they, they exactly got high and came up with the most nonsensical crap imaginable this, this stranger moves the new universe earth into orbit around his quote unquote lab world now the living tribunal judges that the star brand is too much of a threat to the greater powers, again, I'm quoting here, of the Marvel multiverse. So the new universe's Earth is quarantined, and it's surrounded by, it's, it sounds like I'm reading a children's book here for a reason, folks. <laughs> surrounded by an impenetrable energy barrier so that nobody can enter or leave. They slap the star brand back on the secretary who's now stuck in this quarantine world. But, of course, they can't leave it at that. The star brand is far too good an idea. It's the Green Lantern, after all. So they need to keep bringing it, it back. so well the last That's the times. thing. They brought it back in the stuff going on with Marvel now. But this time, now this is, they'd actually redone some of this with, like you were talking about, New Universal. They did some of that. But recently it was with Marvel now. And they did 
the same kind of thing again with the white event. And this time it was a Kevin Connor who receives a star brand, but he's actually wasn't the perfect subject and it was just an accident, but he kind of blew up the college he was at. And then they use him later on for some stuff to fight with the cosmic stuff that was happening just recently. And, uh, and, and he does such a good job that they ask him to join the Avengers. And he's actually in stuff right now. This new star brand that started off in this new universe crap that they somehow managed to bring over to here. You see, a year ago, <laughs> I had no idea who Nightmask and Starbrand were. Right. I assumed they were new characters that Hickman no. had created. So it wasn't until I started looking at this stuff and I went, oh, <laughs> because... I, going back to the new Universal thing for a second, uh, I actually really liked the new Universal miniseries from what I read. And it's so unfortunate that Warren Ellis doesn't back up his computer files and lost the entire plot. <laughs> because I, I, I was really digging the, the, that, that six-issue miniseries. I, I liked what he did, how he took some of the core concepts and basically melded it together into a cohesive universe, which is the one thing... The new universe was missing until they tried too hard to bring everything together and it didn't work out. So I, I, I liked a lot of those concepts. And now seeing uh, Hickman pick up conceptually what Ellis was doing and applying it to the Marvel Universe, I, I actually – I'm liking where they're going with things now. I See, I disagree and, and only because I, I, I have the memories of reading it and they're not all good memories. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like one of those, why not just come up with something original? Why dredge that back up? They weren't, they weren't that phenomenal characters. And again, the star brand is actually is too powerful a character. Mm-hmm. Why have that? Why bring that back? It was good that you locked it away. And well, I mean, not the manner in which you locked it away, but it was done. Why bring it back? Because it's one of those things where it just, the character doesn't, it's like a moody Superman, but even more powerful. So it's like, eh, I, I see no reason why they needed, why Hickman needed to go there. I'm not saying that it, it's, it was required, but again, I, I have to go on faith here that yeah, there, there's a reason. I said, and I don't have the bad memories going into it. I said, I, I barely paid that much attention to original star brand. And I said, I, I was really digging new universal when I read through it uh, last week. So as I'm, I'm not seeing it as a retread of this awful idea from the eighties. I'm seeing it as the spiritual successor to this really cool Warren Ellis miniseries that was never finished. Yeah. Sadly, that's not what it is. It is a retread of crap. <laughs> so I'm having a hard time getting mad. See, it. see, now you're finally in my seat where this stuff comes up, and I just I'm immediately against it because I On read something awful alone. about it in the past. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, so that is it. Again, it's I in good conscience cannot tell you to read this. I read it for this because I wanted to be prepared. I will never read it again. 
<laughs> None of it. And I'm glad that we talked about it because it is an important footnote in Marvel's history kind of thing. And it is a precursor to the ultimate universe. So to have that history and know that is important, is good. But in terms of what was created during that time, there's, in my opinion, so little good. There, there. These aren't, you know phenomenal characters that can stand the test of time. I mean, case in point, when the, even though Ken was a, you know, shallow, ridiculously moody character, womanizing and everything, at least he kind of held your interest somewhat. But the supporting cast for that was so weak that the moment you took him out, the series was so painfully dull it was and stupid that it wasn't even worth reading so it's not like these fantastic characters were created that it's you want to hang on to for the most part it's like now nah, i'm kind of glad that they got quarantined in fact they should have stayed quarantine quarantine <laughs> is supposed to mean quarantine leave them there people <laughs> hickman i'm looking at you okay let's stick Let's step away from there now and actually talk about what we're reading. I'm going to skim over mine real fast because this is kind of a little bit longer episode. Have you been keeping up with the uh, Cataclysm stuff? Said I've been reading the core miniseries and uh, Spider-Man, and I've been enjoying those too. Yeah, you've been reading The Last Stand and Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man was pretty cool. I like the stuff, confrontation stuff with his his father. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that was fantastic. Actually... It could have been longer even, I thought. And I'm sure we'll see more of it later on, but it was like, yeah, we could have used even more going on there. Would have been awesome. And then The Last Stand too was interesting just to see the stuff bringing Reed over and him seeing what his life could have been like. That was actually, I really kind of dug that. That was cool. Yeah. That, 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 that was not something I was actually expecting. Yeah. Yeah. True. And uh, just one more, again, just to be fast. Did you read Avengers World number one? The stuff that I just showed you, the picture with Cap? (laughs) Come on, I thought that was funny. You wouldn't, because you're an American. When Cap is looking... Out of context, I can see the humor. When Cap is looking at the big screen with Mariah Hill, and he says, what am I looking at? And for us Canadians, you're going to be looking at the map, and it's Canada. (laughs) It's like, Cap, you're looking at Canada. Smart up. <laughs> uh, He's Captain America, not Captain North America. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, what did you actually think of this? I don't know yet. Like, I kind of need to go through it again because it's all it, over the place. Yeah, all over the place. I, 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 I mean, it. It's one of those things that's going to need some time. Maybe is it? It's. It doesn't really have a purpose. Its only purpose is Jonathan Hickman doesn't want to write three Avengers comics a month. So instead of double shipping Avengers, they're putting this out. Yeah, this was... I found it very hard to get into because there's way too much going on. It's, 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 It's basically, again, like you're saying, it's like several Avengers stories put into one. Let's just talk about every possible hero even the less known ones including your star brand who's there and go from there it was like just too much stuff going on and i was thinking it's too bad because you're finding out that madripoor is a freaking turtle (laughs) (laughs) why not just go with that that would have sold me right there (laughs) you could have had some awesome fun with that 
is that like as a concept, you know, if it just focused on, you know, the Avengers helping out around the world, like one issue have, you know, the Hulk and Iron Man in Russia, you know, the next issue have Hawkeye and Black Widow in South America and just focus on like smaller self-contained stories to, like I said, to take some load off of Hickman and still get their sales numbers for Avengers. It could work like that. Unfortunately, I don't think that's how it's going to work. I think I'm going to just go out on a ledge here and say that I think this is because it's the first issue. They just wanted to show, listen, yeah. we're going to be all over the freaking map. And then once the issues come out, they'll have one to two stories. None of this crap here where it's everybody at the same time. Because if that's what it's going to be, pff, I'm sorry, I'm not reading that. Yes, it, it could work. It just needs a little time. Yeah, definitely. Okay, what have you got? All right. I am so happy that Injustice is back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the uh, year two number one, the digital version came out last week. I know, and I haven't been read it yet. It, it was, it was again really good. I, <laughs> I, I liked it, man. And then also, I'm still reading uh, Earth Two, which is also written by Tom Taylor. And now that I'm reading both of them side by side, it's so interesting seeing the comparisons to them because in Injustice we have the Superman who is conceptually evil, but you can see he's still. He's still not all the way there. He, he, he still has restraint. He still he thinks he's doing the right things and this and that. Whereas in Earth 2, Superman is pure freaking evil, like mowing down cities. Just It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the same time, like I've read that, like, like we said, the core story of Injustice was not written by Tom Taylor. That was written by NetherRealm Studios for the video game. So he had a certain amount of continuity on board that he had to deal with and stuff like like at the beginning with the whole killing Lois and all that stuff. And he actually didn't like the way that that went down. <laughs> so he's using Earth 2 to kind of apologize for that, <laughs> making Lois like this awesome heroic character. And like it's really like said, reading the two side by side and comparing and contrasting. It's pretty fun. Cool. I actually haven't been reading Earth 2. I need to pick those up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Swamp Thing. Uh, DC, uh, I'm still really liking it. Like Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing was awesome. And then with Charles Soule taking over, he's taken it in a completely different direction from what Snyder is doing. And it's still just as good. Like a lot of really cool character stuff. And it it's just something so unique from the rest of the stuff DC is putting out. I'm still really enjoying it. Cool. And then Iron Man. Not, <sighs> not the digital thing, the actual Iron Man. It's it, I'm really into this because I'm a longtime Iron Man fan. The what they're doing right now with the Mandarin, you know, coming back but in a completely different way. I am on the edge of my seat seeing where they go with this because it's you know his biggest villain, and they're doing something so unique that hasn't been seen in in ever. Uh, it's really cool, and also the the covers for this current story they're doing, Iron Metropolis, friggin' awesome. Absolutely amazing uh, work there. Cool. That it? That's it. All right. Let's talk about what's coming out. Or actually, what did come out. On the Marvel side, we've got the all-new all X-Men 21, Amazing X-Men number three, Cataclysm the Ultimates number three of three, Daredevil 35, and I put this for you, Deadpool the Gauntlet number one, Fantastic Four 16, Inhumanity Superior Spider-Man number one. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Marvel Knights number two of four. That's the Hulk one. Miracle Men, no, sorry, Miracle Man number one. Another one for you, Night of the Living Deadpool number one of four. Nova 12, Revolutionary War, Dark Angel number one. Secret Avengers 14, Superior Spider-Man 25, Thor, God of Thunder 17, Thunderbolts, 
20 dot now. Yeah, I, I've been leaving those uh, those extra bits off when yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> Uncanny X4. I'm just more professional than you. Uncanny X4 16. Uncanny X-Men. Six, I kept the straight face when I actually said that, too. That's the scary part. Wolverine Max number 15, which is actually the final issue. And X-Men Legacy number 22, which that's one of the ones I've been waiting for. There are a lot so of hard. really good Your comics man. this week. <laughs> On the DC side, we got a... Bunch of 27s. We've got Batgirl number 27, Green Lantern Corps, Nightwing, Suicide Squad, Superboy. And then we've got Constantine number 10. You still reading that? No, they're doing that awful like 27-part crossover with the Phantom Stranger. And I'm like, no, I'll, Forget about it. I'll check back next year. Okay. Have uh, you been reading the DC Universe versus Masters of the Universe? I haven't, and I'm hearing that I should. Number four of six is out. Uh, Forever Evil, Rogue's Rebellion, number four of six as well. Injustice Year 2, number one. Justice League 3000, number two, which I did read number one. Yeah, this is on my like pull list. Very cool oh, concept. God, yeah. Justice League of America, 11. Uh, what else we got? And Superman, Wonder Woman, number four. Oh, and World's Finest, number 19. Uh, from Image, we've got Egos, number one. I keep wanting to say Egos. <laughs> Lego my Egos. Ghost in number six. Protectors, Inc., number three. Rat Queens, number four. Have you read any of these? Uh, ghosted. No, Rat Queens. I kind of oh, looked no. it up a little bit, and I thought, I got to read this. Just, I so got to read it. I, I will. I will let you know if it's any good. Velvet, number three. And Voice in the Dark, number three. And from everybody else, Transformers, more of the meets the eye, number 25 from IDW. A new X-Files, X-Files Conspiracy, number one of two from IDW. I haven't read their X-Files series, but I mean, I was a huge X-Files fan back in the day. I'm actually thinking I'm going to pick this up and see if it's any good. I'm a little hesitant, so. Why is that? I No particular reason. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's like, I just want to leave that where it is in my mind right yeah but look at how good they do with their ips when they they do True. different series Speaking but i also of, saw the second movie okay yeah well that's different that's not these guys i read number four of con oh my god it's freaking good i love these guys and from valiant we've got archer and armstrong number 17 you still reading that absolutely okay cool that's one of those i'm gonna have to one of these days you know pick up a few years. The, the worth longer of you wait, the worse it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go to Comic Book Informer for the show notes. Leave us some comments, and you can find us also on iTunes as well as on Stitcher. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Are we on Stitcher? I don't think we're on Stitcher because no. I looked for us on Stitcher. Popcorn <laughs> Ronin is on Stitcher. <laughs> the other one on there. <laughs> I, was, I was actually that. just going to ask you that too because I was like. You said that a couple times now, and I looked because I used Stitcher. I'll put us in. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not a big deal. Like I said, I put uh, ID TVs in there and uh, and popcorn. Okay, anyways, I'll put us in. 